Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, once again for tuning in to this episode. I believe episode 107 of the important nobody, excuse me, not important nobodies. That's my other podcast, the Wrestlers with Experience podcast. I am your co one of your I'm your host and also one of your co-hosts, Dietrich Davis, aka, and I got it, uh, uh, Mark always says it wrong, but let me say it right. It is Dietrich Davis, aka. Diamond Head, aka King Bumaye, the world boss. And also to you on this podcast known as the watcher of professional wrestling. And my illustrious tag team member, Mark Knight Morell, aka the Executioner. Yes, we run with a lot of AKAs in this wrestling theme, but that's what the business is designed for. But I want to talk about something that I've been noticing on professional wrestling since the COVID outbreak and WWE still WWE and AEW still giving us um, wrestling week to week, and with New Japan going in to bring giving us wrestling week to week, I think you know WWE. And I, I want to talk about before I bash what WWE is doing because I'm not really not bashing them. I'm fine tuning something that I've thought, and I think Mark have heard me say this for a long time. Oh, oh, I'm almost forgetting people. I apologize so much. I wouldn't think all the listeners who listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, Podbeam, CastBox, Deezer, Tuned In, and Podcast Addict. Please, the people at Pandora, get back to me. Are my numbers not higher than us? Are we not streaming enough for us to grace the Pandora system that is used in 60 million homes across the world? Am I not good enough? I'm good enough for iHeartMedia. We're good enough for Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Stitcher and everything else. But Jesus Christ, could you motherfuckers just give us a break? Pandora, get back to me. Send me an email. I mean, I know I don't know nobody in your system, in your network system, but Jesus Christ, let's build a fucking relationship. Excuse me, let me take a sip of my water. Anyhow, not at my... uh beautiful rants is over you know i've been getting back before i get back into the podcast i literally have been getting back into collecting comic books again um i have a large collection in general from the past and stuff like that but i really started picking it up and i I started enjoying comic books and right now i'm reading a few things that really i think there's some good writing and i think for a good period of time there was some bad writing out there between the years of 2000 and 2011 and then I slowly started reading more of the titles and getting back into it. And uh, I remember me and Mark, um, we walk into a comic book st- uh, store on Union Street here in Brooklyn. The guy who owned the place offered me a job on the spot because I literally knew my comic book shit. And it's something that I know. It's one of those things I know and 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 deadly details from writers to artists to this, that, and the other. So I'm going to be starting a comic book podcast. And the name of that comic book co- podcast is going to be called comics caffeine and cinema where i'll be doing movie reviews comic book reviews while i'm drinking my favorite type of caffeine whether coffee or tea because if you know me i'm large drinkers of that but um just something i wanted to put out there so i'm I'm building more content i'm creating more podcasts and also i'm going to be doing a podcast called 90 days fiance and it's literally gonna it well it's there's a tv show called 90 days fiance but i'm going to be doing a podcast called every 
thing 90 days fiance so that's covering the week to week because this shit they build they build events bigger than WWE does <laughs> than, than AEW and what you call it but, but um combined reality TV can book a fight better than anyone else and WWE can't book a fight to save their lives I mean they can but they can't you get what I'm saying anyhow so those are two more. Those are two new podcasts that are gearing up that'll be going coming up on the the Dietrich Davis on demand system. Me and Mark Morellan, I believe, in September when everything is truly going to be safe and they're saying this, that, and the other because we all have to protect ourselves. We'll be coming back face to face, and we also may start doing um live streaming where you can watch us live and hopefully you ask questions and interact with us live so i thank you so much i mean we only got one email in the history of this show but i appreciate it no two emails excuse me um but i only answered one so but i do appreciate you guys and you supporting the show and being a part of this show is great and important nobody's podcast the numbers are always great on that particular show so with the wrestlers with experience, we're learning, we're fine-tuning. I'm learning what works, what doesn't work. But the one thing that I'm very proud that me and Mark accomplished was getting past episode number 20. There are many people who create podcasts and they never make it past episode number 20. There are people who create podcasts and they don't make it to episode 50. And somehow, miraculously, during the big hiatus that we had, during everything that's happening, no matter what, we are. this is literally episode 107. So it's greatly appreciated. I mean, I don't mean to call out numbers. I don't like, I don't have Mark call out numbers, but when I sit back and I look at our system and we're pumping out this amount of content, I don't know why me and Mark didn't start doing individual punk content. So the way this show is going to work moving forward is Mark is going to give us individual commentary and reviews on, like I, uh, as we always know, on everything New Japan and NWA, and I will be covering everything WWE and AEW. Um, I think it's good that way we have it, and then we'll come together and probably produce two big shows with me and him on the mic, cracking the mics as we do, as we do amazingly together and giving you guys more content. So I want to get it to the point at, at this point right now, you guys are kind of getting content almost six, almost seven days a week from us. But I want to fine tune what content that we get. So we may draw back to maybe four episodes, five episodes a week. And then there's two days where you guys just get to breathe. But we're not pumping out three-hour shows. We're pumping out 20-minute to maybe 40-minute type podcasts that you guys are consuming, and we really appreciate that. Uh, excuse me. Now that I ran your air off for a few minutes, let me get to the topic at hand. And the topic is creating a more intimate setting for professional wrestling. Um, And we are in a world right now where... Streaming has gone to an on-time high. Podcasting has gone to an on-time high. And it's not necessarily what you put on television that matters. It's what goes on YouTube and individual streaming services that count. Even WWE had to give away the WWE Network for free to get the subscriber count up to allow people to force themselves to pay for it week to week. I get it. It's a genius, genius, genius effort on their end to give away a free version of the WWE Network because we're at a point where you want people to feel as if, okay, this is worth 10 bucks a month. 
or buying the pay-per-view individually in the app for five bucks is worth it. And I agree. I think that I don't know if they're going to go down that route, but you, you guys get what I'm saying. Um, but with the way they're providing content, I don't think WWE should go back into the big arenas anymore. If you remember the first Monday Night Raws were very small, they were very intimate. Yes, they were in front of 10, 12,000 people. But I think WWE needs to go to a format even smaller than the original first five years of Raw. I think they should go into buildings that are 3,000, 2,000, you know, small fans with small amount of fans, three to 2,000 fans. And you'll get more hardcore wrestling WWE supporters versus people. You have more people fighting to get a ticket with a smaller audience setting than you will with people trying to get tickets, trying to fill up 20,000 seated arenas every week knowing that sections are tarped off and this, that, and the other. And all professional wrestling is going through this. But as I'm looking, when they first started doing Raw with no audiences, Raw with no audiences, it was quiet and I had to figure it out. And then now they got the developmental talent and NXT people standing in and they're recording Raw and SmackDown. And they are really, really, their crowd is great at times. Though it's not, half of it is not as organic as we would like it to be because of the way the it's set up. And, you know, they can be told to cheer and they can get over the PA system and redo this and redo that. Excuse me. Taking a sip of my water. But I think it's more of, it's one of those settings where I think if they're smart, don't rush back into the big arenas. I really think they should cut back on. There's a lot of things I think they should cut back on. I think they should cut back on pay-per-views. Do the two nights of WrestleMania. Do SummerSlam. Do Survivor Series. Bring back the King in the Ring. And maybe two gimmick pay-per-views. I think this should be I think this should be only six or seven six pay-per-views, not counting WrestleMania, making it seven with the two nights. And I think if they do that, it will force them to build more content. Of course, you know, you could do your specials. I always felt, and WWE touched on it. I don't think anyone heard me say it. But I always thought they should bring back In Your House. And instead of giving it ridiculous names, it should be In Your House, what you call it, at In Your House. Like Extreme Rules In Your House or um, Hell in a Cell at In Your House and this, that, and the other. And they should bring the number counter into that system. The way the UFC got UFC 200 and something. Just count how many in-air houses you've had. And then count how many pay-per-views has taken place since the last in-air house official title. Not counting the NXT one. And then bring it bring it back. And in-air house 225 or in-air house 340 something or this, that, and the other. And bring that beautiful and bring the number counter in. And give it some feeling. When you go to UFC, you don't have to argue what the name of the pay-per-view is. You know, it's UFC 261. You know, UFC 300. UFC 301. UFC this. UFC that. And they keep it keep it very fine-tuned. That's one of the things they should bring back. Make, you know, so you're not killing yourself on marketing, on making the pay-per-view a fucking gimmick. And, and, and then that's one thing. And two... Um, shrinking down the audiences this is a perfect time it brings down money it it, it, it makes the insurance policies cheaper on the building the wwe will make even more money because they're not worrying about renting out buildings over the course of the year or if vince is smart go go in business with a bank and start buying small buildings 
that whole th- two to three to five thousand people so you can build ready-made sets and stages that you don't have to go to and it's in that building ready to go in that state you know events can get 30 states and get 30 civic centers and become you know wwe let me let me so let me slow the fuck down for those that are listening and i want you guys to hear me carefully when i say this i want you to look at mcdonald's mcdonald's happens to sell hamburgers mcdonald's is really is really a real estate company and for those who do know you do know for those who don't know every mcdonald's that is owned they own the building and the property you say i want to open a franchise here mcdonald's go purchase the building and then you as the franchisee pay them rent and this and this that and the other so it doesn't matter if the franchise is sold over and over again that particular corner mcdonald's franchise is sold over and over and over again no matter what the mcdonald's company is the owner of the fucking land and I think if WWE is going to the next is going to go to the next level, they should be the largest small arena company holdings firm, which means someone should be going out and buying all of those small buildings. Go buy the Manhattan Center. Go buy the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom. Go buy small civic center and small buildings and rebrand them. You can call the building WWE New York, as it was a famous restaurant here. Cincinnati, New York. Wisconsin, New York. There's, I mean, WWE uh, Arena, Wisconsin, and this, that, and the other. Name whatever you want to name it. But I think the future of WWE is becoming a holdings co- corporation. And if I was there, oh, and, so, and shout out to the, I don't like doing shout outs, but I want to say, uh, I want to thank the, one of my homegirls that became the new chief financial officer over in WWE. Congratulations to your hard work and getting yourself there. 2020 is going to be a successful year for a lot of people, including myself. Um, it's not about claiming it, it's about knowing it. But moving forward, um, WWE should become a real estate holdings firm when it to special events. And then they can make money. Maybe they should team up with Rock Nation and get the buildings and buy buildings with them or something like that. You know, it's that's the future. It's not, you know, to you could own one giant physical arena. That's beautiful. That's great. But I'm talking about owning those build those five thousand, those two thousand, three thousand, six thousand seat arenas, making Monday Night Raw and SmackDown more intimate is very powerful and very, very good. The Performance Center shows you owning the land was the most important thing Triple H did for the company. Because if Triple H doesn't create the Performance Center and he doesn't spend six, seven, well, up, upwards of 30, 40 million dollars a year and then he doesn't build that building, guess what they don't have? They don't really get to have Monday Night Raw every fucking week in one fucking building. Allow me to drink. And if you own the building, you control the insurance policies, lightings, you can do the updates that you need. Vince McMahon and Triple H can have dedicated offices in every building. You can rebuild shower systems and this, that, and the other. And then when they're not in use, you can rent the building the, the building out to other companies who want to do shows and performances and yada, yada, yada. I think WWE is a full-blown entertainment company with a film division, this, that, and the other. But I think they need to grow into, as you heard me say four times already, a real estate holding firm. It is the next stage of evolution within that company's existence. 
So you don't have to worry about coming into Brooklyn and going to the Barclays Center. You can always save the Barclays for SummerSlam. You can always save that. But then you can go over to the Manhattan Center or you can go over there or you can go over here or you can buy. You can go into into one section of Brooklyn and buy one of those industrial warehouses that take up a block and a half in a small neighborhood and redesign that as a WWE building and decorate it to where it doesn't hold more than 2,000 people. Because if you try to fill up a 16,000 seated building and you can't fill it up, it looks real shaky. You have it where they're moving fans down to have come to to make it look closer. You can create a designated production station. Everything can be designated and protected for WWE. This is a four billion dollar corporation. You got to think about it. They built fight. The UFC went and built build a fight island in Abu Dhabi. WWE can be doing the same. Only here in the United States. Anyone, if they do this after this, you guys know they took the fucking idea for me. But anyone who knows me knows I believe in innovation and ownership and ownership of everything that you can get your hands on, whether the public understands it or not. Imagine you now you could become season pass holders of WWE when they come to that fucking state or, you know, by the road, by the way of the road, which state they're going to. They can change travel settings. They can make travel a lot easier for the wrestlers. Look, we own 20 buildings. Imagine rotating just between those 20 buildings. But let's say they get 30 or they could get 30, they built 30 arenas or they get 30 buildings, 30 of them. That's 30 states. They already go to like 27 states. So you put three more states on the what you call it. You can build it. You can get it done. You can have a guaranteed ring there. You can ring there. You can have everything that you need. You know, you can invite radio stations, give them designated seats, this, that, and the other. You can build the, the, the look of the future of WWE by controlling the fucking buildings. But you don't get that when, when you don't own the Javits Center or you don't own the such and such, you know? You don't get all of that. So with all of that being said, WWE can change the world. Licensing agreement with food vendors. Hey, we're going to have Nathan's in our what you call it when they're there. We're going to have such and such burgers when they're there. We're going to have the butt where you can have a, you can go into Texas and do business with Steve Austin's beer and let them buy his beer from there. You can control the environment by owning the buildings. And then the buildings can make money off of you year wide because you also own the licensing of food that are in the buildings. You can control the secrecy of how people are coming in and out the buildings. All of this shit. They can do so fucking much. But this is just my personal opinion. This is just my my train of thought, the way they're doing it. And imagine you go into a building and it's more intimate. The crowd will be louder. Because look how loud the crowd is getting on SmackDown, Raw, and NXT. It feels like they got 1,000 people in there and they're only doing it with 50 or 60 individuals. So now... If you sit back and rebuild the framework and say, okay, look, we're going to own the buildings and you hire a team to figure out how much would it cost to retrofit this building. Now, when you're going into television negotiations for the next year, you can get maybe a hundred million more because that you have, they, they are also investing in a show that has designated buildings. You're making more money a year because you can have small and, and then this creates opportunities for small business owners. What if I own a franchise? What if I own a Nathan's? I can get that Nathan's inside of there. 
I can get that subways inside of that building. I can get this inside of that building, which creates more job opportunities, which creates this. Vince McMahon is Vince McMahon. His lead wife leads the small business bureau, the small business associations, which WWE is a mom and pop business. In reality, though they are a publicly traded company, they're still mom and pop. So why not go into the most important thing? Because the most you talk to an indie wrestler right now, and he wants to have a show. And he doesn't have an option to be outside. The most important thing he's going to be looking for is where can I hold this at? What type of building can I hold this at? Where can I do this at? You get what I'm saying? You could probably buy a bunch of old school or old school and redesign it to be a WWE arena building. We got warehouses all around the United States from Detroit, from this, from that. It's about creating local. It's about creating jobs. It's about creating. It's about creating opportunity. But it's also controlling a new dynamic of the business. Vince has Vince can have any wrestler he wants. Vince can create any type of show, any type of match he wants. Designated medical rooms, medical doctors that are just hired just for that event in that state, in that arena. Controlling a new aspect of the building, of the business. I say start off with 10 buildings. Spend two years building 10 buildings and see how it works. Reduce the crowd. Don't do the 16 and the 20 and the 25,000. 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people. Psycho fans. It'll work. It will work. WWE can control the whole fucking aspect. And then when you're not using the building, like I said earlier, you rent those buildings out to those arenas. You rent those buildings out to those people who straight up and down those the rock shows, the Metallica shows, the Marilyn Manson shows, the Guns N' Roses shows. You can make a license deal with Rock Nation that they can use those buildings when you're not in there. The business that Vince McMahon hires someone to do and go find states and go do this, that, and the other, they can now control in that fucking aspect. Now, they are the one giving permission to the entertainment medium. They are the ones giving permissions to the little Tucci's. They're giving, I mean, AKA Little Wayne, the Meg the Stylin, Stallions, the Young Thugs. You get what I'm saying? To all of these people who want to perform. I'm talking about creating the biggest, the biggest marketing and licensing controlled entertainment hub in the world. And WWE can do that. Even if Vince McMahon went to the bank and got a $1 billion loan, he can do it. He built the performance center. Triple H has laid down the blueprint of what each building can have and spread it out and, and make sure you could put 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, nothing over 5,000 people. It could be real. Designated rooms for the women's to, be, to change, for the men to change. You know, re replicated gyms so they can have a gym to go to. Imagine going to a state and not having to find a gym. You could just go to the arena and work out in the arena. I'm talking about changing the game, changing the land front, creating an absolute control situation based off of what's going on in the business of professional wrestling today. And the only company that has the financial, that has the financial system and backup to do it is WWE. Because if I'm Vince McMahon, I go to Chase Bank, I go to whatever bank, and I go, I need a loan for a billion dollars. What can you do?
Your boy is Trump. He got someone who can make a phone call for you to get you a massive loan, a shirt losing loan. But that's just my opinion. That's my thoughts. What do you guys think? Smaller buildings, more intimate settings. Fuck putting everybody in the building. You could put the you could make the same amount of money at the door with less seats at a more higher price. You got fans who are buying $500 wrestling belts. Wrestling tickets are sometimes $2,000 for front seat, for front row. You don't think they'll still pay that price to be in more of an intimate setting? You can control autograph signings at the building. One or two wrestlers at a different section of the building where the fans come in and they sign autographs. Wrestlers who are not on the show making money off of that in that format. You can bring the radio stations to the buildings. You can bring the interviews to the fucking buildings and handle it there. You can build celebrity celebrity green rooms in each one of the buildings in those current states. If you think I'm crazy, crazy is what gets you to win in life. I'm looking up the United States map right now. So if I'm Vince and I'm giving you a million dollars worth of advice... And I'm about to tackle some states. The states to tackle. Two locations. California. So New York City. Pennsylvania. Something on the border of North and South Carolina. Florida, obviously. Georgia, obviously. Texas, without question. Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, California. Test run cities. Now, if you people pay attention when I did, it's a flight pattern. So if those wrestlers are most of them who live in Florida, they can fly to California easy. They can fly to New Mexico easy. They can fly to Texas easy. If you're in Florida, you can fly to Alabama and Georgia, no questions asked. They're right, they're connected to the state of Florida. North and South Carolina, easy flight. Philadelphia, easy flight. New York City, easy, easy flight. New Jersey, eh, you wait. But if you bounce off of those states and you fly that coastline state run, you could do something really fucking phenomenal. And then after it works, you can go into Washington state. You could then, you could, oh, and Colorado, I didn't mention. Then you could do New Mexico, Arizona. You could do some of Iowa. You could start doing the bigger states. You know what I'm saying? So I think you, you, could, you could tackle it that way. It'll work. Detroit, I'm 50 50 on. Let's say you did Detroit. You could do that because Detroit is a big wrestling city. But, and let's not forget Chicago. So if you did 12 states to start off, that would work. Build the buildings, this, that, and the other. Those are great touring states. Those are great this, that, and the other. You get a little bit of the Bible Belt. The rut. Well, you really don't. You really don't. But you guys get my gist. You get my point. You get my understanding of what I'm talking about. It's taking WWE into a new age, a new era, a new way of doing things. Without question. It will change the landscape of professional wrestling. It'll create a new element of control. You can even say you can even do business with the UFC and say, hey, you can use our buildings to have your events. We'll retrofit it where it can hold a fucking UFC ring. 
You never know the business that could be done by owning something. That's pretty much all that I'm saying. With that being said, I thank you guys once again to listening to Wrestlers With Experience podcast. I had to pause for a minute. I had a brain fart. I thank you for listening on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox, Deezer, Tuned In, and Podcast Addict. Go to the website, um, ddod.tv, which stands for Dietrich Davis On Demand. Um, like I told you guys, there's going to be two new podcasts coming from me. One called Everything, Everything 90 Days Fiance, and the other one will be called um, Comics, Caffeine, and Cinema, which talks about everything comic book, cinema, and coffee and tea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That consists of caffeine. You guys are great. I thank you so much for your support. Mark is, is grateful for your support as well. So let me check out. My name is Dietrich Davis. They call me Diamond Head, a.k.a. King Bumaye, the world boss. And for some of you in this wrestling scene, the watcher of professional wrestling. Have a good day. We'll catch you on tomorrow's episode. Enjoy.